Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. When was the last time you laughed at yourself for being a moron? Do you feel powerful when you lash out at someone who's offended you? And what makes judgmental people awful people? Enlightened author, coach, and YouTube comedian J.P. Sears is here to talk about laughter, getting offended, and how you can be better than everyone else. Hello, hello. My intuition and caller ID tells me this is trip. <laughs> wow, you for real. You really, you really do have these yeah, special powers. I, it's amazing. Yeah, I can read caller ID. <laughs> How are you doing today, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm really glad to have this call. Awesome. Uh, well, I'm honored you would invite me into uh, one of your offerings for the world. So thank you for uh, reaching out, making this happen. For sure. For sure, man. Is Where, there anything that you need for me before we get going or anything like that? Oh, brother, I need so much. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm going to deliver. I'm just, just going <laughs> to throw it out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, what expectations should I have of you that you'll fail to meet? Let's get that no. up. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll just crush those disappointments. You know, just, just a crushing disappointment by the end of the, the talk. Yeah, you know, I think I'll be able to resent you without being able, with, without needing to... <laughs> my expectation all right good awesome brother yeah i'm looking forward to diving in with you cool okay here we go welcome to the new man today we're talking with jp sears he's an author he's a coach he's a teacher but he's probably best known for his hilarious ultra spiritual youtube videos uh, he's got a new book it's called how to be ultra spiritual 12 and a half steps to spiritual superiority and you can get that everywhere uh, and if you want to learn more about jp just go to uh, awakenwithjp.com. JP Sears, thanks for being here today. Yeah, you're welcome. Appreciate you having me, Trip. And I, you crushed that introduction. You didn't stumble a single word. That is impressive. It would have taken me like, I don't know, 10 times longer to uh, ramble out an introduction. So like, I'm really impressed with your reading ability so far. Thanks. I appreciate you coming on the show and uh, maybe we'll have you back again some other time. 
Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I think we've all learned a lot. It's been good talking with you. <laughs> You've got this, uh, I don't know if you call this a persona, a split persona. I mean, there's there's the guy that's the coach and the teacher, and then there's this the, the hair band with the flower yeah. in his hair, enlightened guru type, little deer in the headlights kind of look kind of thing going on that we see on YouTube. What had yeah. you create this? create this persona what had you create who's the, who's this character to you yeah it's a it's a condition called schizophrenia trip and i'm offended <laughs> hold on how do you, you spell that s k i think it skits starts with a z, z. there's then there's a silent x it's x yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so i'm offended already the 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 persona you know that it was kind of created by accident and i think it was an easy thing to create by accident because the persona is just very much a natural part of me. It's not all of me, but it's a part of me and, you know, slap a headband on, uh, that aspect of me. And we have like a character. Mm-hmm. So it, it's my natural sense of humor has typically always been dry wit, uh, satiricalness, if that's a word. And it is now, and kind of like deadpan humor. So, you know, it, I just kind of discovered, wow, when I'm doing that, it seems like that's sort of a character. So let's roll with it. And now I look at the character as a tool in the toolbox to pull out at the right time, right situations, rather than every time, every place. Well, I think I, I like to use the word tool because when I read <laughs> the book, you. I, I feel insulted. <laughs> but, tool too. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, the, the, it takes one to know one, right? So I, the, yeah. the, but the thing is, is it, it's one thing for your videos to be funny, but there's another, you, you go that extra step where there's a, a hint of like, I see you and I see our, I see our thing. I see our thing that we're doing to fool ourselves. I see that thing that we're doing that holds us back, that holds back our personal growth. So you're not just poking fun at some of this stuff. You're actually making a point. Um, and I'm curious if you integrate that with the people you work with. Like, how, how do you, I don't know. I, I lived in Boulder. I've been around these ultra spiritual folks. I've been one. And I know when I'm being one is when I completely lose my sense of humor and I'm taking things so seriously. So I, I'm curious how you see humor or how do you integrate it into the work that you do with people? I view in my earlier life, my childhood, teenagehood, my or, uh, 20s as well, I used humor to escape myself. Mm-hmm. And I look at humor as a very powerful alchemist. It can be used for good, bad, you know, construction, destruction. So now it's very important for me to use humor for uh, for the greater good to help me find more of myself and help other people find more of themselves. So I, I am very intentional with uh, when I use it. Yeah. Uh, and I, um, so yeah, and, and I appreciate you seeing the the deeper underlying messages that I embed uh, with the comedy, sort of like the ICU kind of yeah. thing. That means a lot because I, I do find comedy is a language that people will pay attention to. It's a, a language that connects to a lot of people. It's like I, I, I don't watch videos online that aren't funny. So it's like even me, it's like I, even if it's deep and meaningful, oh, it's boring. Right. So right. people will pay attention to comedy. So I think if we what I do my best to do is use the language of comedy to uh, deliver deeper perspectives for consideration. 
Yeah, and I, you know, whether I've been in lots of places where I've been facilitating workshops or people have been helping me work through something, and I always find that when I have a big aha or I come up against this big thing, you know, it might be anger that shows up, it might be sadness that shows up, but a lot of times it's a big laugh, like, oh my God, you're right. Like, it's, it's, it's met with this, ha, you found me, you saw me. There's a, there's a, a natural expression of, of laughter there, even when there's tears. So I, yeah. I just appreciate that. I think there's something much deeper here about it. Like when I look at somebody like Louis C.K. or Chris Rock, oh, their yeah, their yeah. their way of tell of truth telling produces laughter. They're not just going for hey dick joke, dick joke, whatever. Like there's there's yeah. a, they tell the truth so powerfully that it has this. The only thing we can do is laugh because it's so it's so point on point. So the the fool is an archetype that serves the kingdom very well. Uh, the fool helps trick us out of our own delusional thinking helps trick us out of our current truths so that we can find deeper truths. And I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of comedians present day who are acting out archetypally the fool, which is a great service to humanity. I agree. I agree. Well, let's dive into some of the bits from the books, because one of the things that I wanted you to help us with today is to help us feel like we're better than everybody else. And so right now, already we're talking high level about humor and everything. And I'm just like, man, this is, this makes me better than other people. Just the fact that I'm sitting here with you. So uh, yeah, let's does, go through some it. of the topics and, and cause I want my listener to, to get off this, this uh, podcast and, and know that he's better than everyone else around him. So what did, what, did you say listener singular? You yeah, only have one listener. Trip? It's Dale. He's in Oklahoma. <laughs> So you're going for quality over quantity. You know, Dale, yeah. uh, I appreciate you being on this uh, podcast. Yeah. Dale's car's broken down. He's, he's, you know, he's not able to go anywhere. So he just listens to me. About that. Yeah. I, I really am worried about it. <laughs> so let's help him out. Uh, you've got this thing in the books, being spiritually competitive. What does it mean to be, and I'm going to laugh at some of this shit because it's so outlandish, but the, this spiritually competitive, what does that mean? Yeah, to me, it means we're using our spirituality as a trump card to assert our dominance over other people. So it implies the purpose of spirituality is to be better at it than other people. Thus, we have to compete at it and be better than them at it. So it might mean uh, we're meditating longer than them. It might mean we're uh, needing to tell them how much more enlightened we are than them. It might Which mean is very enlightened to, in and of itself, right? Like, isn't it though? Yeah. yeah. So it's so meta. <laughs> it might mean we we talk in a, a lighter tone of voice than someone else. Or we just get, we do these deep like, mm, mm, yeah, mm, that, mm. Mm. Dale probably appreciates that too. Mm. <laughs> right. So yeah, competitive spirituality isn't anything to do with becoming more connected to ourselves but becoming much more superior to other people via our spirituality. It's like we, we left New York or LA and the, and that lifestyle to climb the ladder and we moved to, you know, then we see the ashram as the next ladder. Like, okay, for cool. Sh- for sure. It's okay. like, I'm like driving down Beverly Hills, you see a Rolls Royce. So you, you need to get a car slightly better. It's like, yeah, it's like that. Only it's less expensive. Okay. Well, oh yeah. We'll see. Uh, there's a big thing about, um, feelings and being needy. I, I, I got into spirituality early on and meditation because I wanted to get away from my feelings. I wanted to escape these feelings of uncertainty and discomfort. Uh, one of the things you say in here is burying your feelings alive makes you thrive. Um, 
how does that help me out? How does it help me be more spiritual to bury my feelings alive? Trip, it rhymed. <laughs> so it must you know, be true, right? Yeah, like feeling buried alive help you thrive. Like how? What else do we need to say? Okay, but I, I will explain it for you. You know, our our feelings and our emotions are part of what makes us human, and whatever makes you human makes you less spiritual. Therefore your feelings work against your spirituality. So the best way to rise above your feelings is to pretend they're not there, disconnect from them, and then feel uh, pretend emotions like bliss, ecstasy, nirvana, euphoria, uh, rather than being uninvolved and feeling these low, low vibe things. I'm better than those feelings. I don't, I don't even feel those anymore because I'm so spiritual. I don't feel anger or jealousy or sadness or those types of things. Cause I've, I'm just beyond that now. Is that what you're saying? Bury them alive and yeah. will thrive. What about neediness? There's a, uh, talking about amputating our needs so that we're no longer needed. There's something, there's something really dark about being needy or having needs. What's that about? It, it basic when we're when someone's needy, it basically means they're a flawed, defective human being, making the lives of everybody around them worse. <laughs> it's like have you? It, it, it's like if someone's drowning, and you come up and try to use them as a life preserver. Mm. That's basically what you're doing to people when you're needy. Oh, got it. Um, yeah. So you're just a, a drag. Everybody just looks the other way while you're in the pool flailing around. You're so, so developing the need to not be needy is a good solution to neediness. Developing a need to not be needy. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I can see a little yeah paradox there. Uh, if, if being spiritual means I'm carefree and I'm easygoing, then why do I suddenly, if I, if I want to be more spiritual, I, I, I got to become obsessive compulsive about the food that I'm eating. Yeah, there's no, in specifically, Trip, uh, obsessive compulsive about eating a vegan diet. Oh, uh, it, excuse me, I'm sorry. Developing your veganness is very important because uh, it's more spiritual because the people uh, living in India, the gurus living in India that have been eating a plant-based diet because there's no animals around, they're very spiritual and therefore we need to eat what they eat. Mm. That'll make us. us more spiritual, but it's also, it, it helps to be able to kind of a, assert a level of dominance over others and, and superiority because we don't eat other animals. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what was it? A hundred years ago, disagreements in, and superiority would be uh, settled by a gun duel, uh, like high noon, back to back, walk 10 paces, turn around and shoot each other. And that exact same thing is now executed via asserting how long you've been a vegan to other people. So, <laughs> now, is, I've been a, so this I've is how a, we'd settle it now as we walk outside and we, we talk about being vegan. Yeah, absolutely. I've wow. been a vegan since birth. Uh, I refused to be breastfed by my, mom, my mother because wow. the breast milk is just vile carnivorosity. Like, it's like, wow. The human body is not meant to eat meat or milk or dairy. Therefore, it, you know, the, the, the idea of mothers producing breast milk is just God trying to test our will oh. uh, to you know, strengthen our resolve as vegans. 
powerful. I, I've already seen where I've just thrown away this whole lifetime. I just got to start from scratch on the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about yoga. You say that uh, true yoga is only about one thing and one thing only, and it's ass. Aesthetics, yeah. stretching, and seduction. What do you mean by what do you mean by that? True yoga is only about ass. Yeah, you know the false yoga from the Eastern cultures is all about <laughs> like ooh spiritual development, and they have no regard for wearing skin tight yoga pants that cost two hundred dollars, which is just it's insulting uh, to the very premise of yoga. Right. Uh, they they have no regard for the idea that how you look during yoga is more important than the yoga. Right. And they have no idea that a seductive, uh, uh, free-spirited personality that manipulates other people, like, they don't know. They that just that's don't know. A very, yeah, they don't know that that's a very meaningful part of yoga. Nor do they know the thrill of being in yoga class. Everybody's in downward dog. You look up, see the woman in front of you, greeting you with her lycra encased genital silhouette. They don't know mm -hmm. about that. They don't. They just don't get it. And therefore, they're limited. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Tantra yoga is a way to increase our self-worth through sex in a spiritually justified way. Um, explain that. Yeah, you know, uh, it's good to have sex. And it's good really to, so it's uh, it's not a dirty thing. No, it's not a dirty thing. And predatory sexuality is best justified as a spiritual practice. Predatory yeah. sex is is a just is a sexual practice. Uh, well, it's best to be justified oh. as a spiritual practice. Okay. Otherwise, it just looks like predatory sexuality. Right. Right. So uh, tantra yoga is a a a wonderful expression uh, slash cover up. Okay. Uh, Bikram yoga is a great way to do it okay. uh, as well. Okay. And then it seems like if I'm not quite ready to step into the full blown tantra yoga, then there's acra yoga. If I crave, you say, if, if you crave sexual contact that you can call connection because you lack the self confidence to do tantra yoga, then acro yoga is for you. What is acro yoga? If I'm not quite ready, I can see where I'm not quite ready to really step into that full on seductive yeah. nature of tantra yoga so what's acro yoga acro yoga it's it's basically the minor leagues of tantra uh you're touching other people but pretending that you're doing it just because like you like to stand upside down <laughs> hanging off someone's feet like really who does that like that that's not enjoyable but you get to touch someone else and better yet be touched by someone else while you act like you don't care about the touch you, act you get like good you angles of, of views of genitals and, and butts and stuff. That I, I have noticed that. Mm -hmm. I that. Got it. Got it. Uh, let's talk about gurus. Uh, you say gurus aren't teachers because they have nothing to teach you. And that's exactly what they're trying to teach you through their illuminated teachings, that you already carry your enlightenment inside. You just need a guru to stand in the way between you and your inner illumination to help teach you how to discover it. It's a it's a beautiful way. I, I I didn't realize I needed a guru until you told me I didn't need a guru, and then that's why I need a guru. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's just like when someone's in a low vibe place, like a religion, like they have their priests and their their other middlemen, and that's like so uninvolved. Like the 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 <laughs> priest is just getting in your way between you and God. 
So let's evolve past that into the realm of being spiritual and have a guru who you don't need. And as you pointed out, that's exactly why you need him. Mm. And emphasize the him. Uh, It's there's been no female gurus uh, invented. It's, you know, some estimate that by the year 2043, there will be a female guru. Uh, That's, uh, I don't know, a little iffy at this point but and why is that why why do you believe that we haven't we don't have any female gurus you know i i don't orchestrate the whole thing uh but i am just um is and this isn't a judgment it's just an observation that it appears that men are simply more spiritually evolved than women okay and that that's really a metaphor not to be taken literally not to be taken literally yeah i can see where that would be that might be upsetting to somebody. Yeah, to, to, to some. And there they are getting connected to their unevolved emotions that should be buried, buried alive, which is just the evidence, case in point, they're not as evolved. Oh, wow. I love how you just spun that around to help somebody see who would be triggered by that statement is not evolved and that you're, you're more spiritual than them. Like just in that, that was, yeah. wow, that was ninja. That was ninja level. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, talking about meditation, you say when you're properly meditative, you'll also enjoy the results of having your presence, crushing enthusiasm, ambition, and interesting personality traits heavily sedated. Is, is that to say that we don't, that being enthusiastic and ambitious and interesting is, is getting in the way of us being spiritual? Yeah. uh, Always acting peaceful, calm, stoic. Uh, half asleep is definitely more spiritual. If you're acting excited, it's like, well, bro, you're you're not really on the ball of your inner peace right now. Okay. Wow. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. And then I, I love this thing about, you, you, you just brought up judgments there a minute ago, and, and, you, and you say in the book, all judgmental people's judgments come from them being awful people. It's not that they're bad people. It's just that they're awful people. Yeah. Um, it help me. I, I need your help with this. I'm not getting this one. Yeah, that's a that's all a fact. It's it's uh, not opinion. It's a fact, and it's my opinion that it's a fact. <laughs> so, you know, judgmental people judge because they judge themselves to be awful people. They just mm. project it out, and the reason why they judge themselves to be awful people is because they're awful people. Judging is a very uh, low vibrational, low consciousness frame of mind to be in. So personally, I judge myself to be very non-judgmental. Right. And because I judge myself to be very non-judgmental, it means I get to think I'm non-judgmental. And therefore, if I were to judge, which I won't, but if I were to judge, right. I would judge my non-judgmental self to be superior, more evolved than judgmental people. But that's all hypothetical because I'm not, I'm not even saying anything. I'm just talking here, just talking about how I would judge, but I'm not actually doing that because right. I don't even know how to judge. Yeah. Wow. It's so powerful that you're able to own that, that stuff about you not being judgmental and then others being judgmental and uh, just really, really powerful. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting such a transmission right now. Um, yeah. I'm just kind of yeah, in tears. You know. It takes a lot of humbleness for me to be able to notice how non-judgmental I am. And I'm actually more humble than anybody else I know. 
Oh man, I you know we just picked through just a handful of the of some of my favorite quotes from the book. I laughed a lot while I read this, but I also got just how much you get it, like how much you really understand how people will take even the the things that we're learning on the personal growth or spiritual paths and use them to mind fuck ourselves. I think that's the correct term. So, uh, yeah, I think I think if anybody wants to really understand our path, they would they would do well to have a laugh and to really read this book. It's fantastic. Oh yeah, thank you for that. I I think with the book and with virtually any comedy video I make, the one of the strategies I have is to shine the light on the hiding places where we lose ourselves, and it is for the purpose of self awareness and for the purpose of us finding ourselves more. So, you know, I know everything I talk about in my book. There, there are things that are important to me. Yeah. meditation is important to me yoga is important to me and there are things that i've spent years of my life losing myself in so being able to shine the light on wow here's how i've lost myself in the meditation world here's how i've lost myself in the you know competitive spirituality mindset uh, it's therapeutic for me, and it just so happens to be that apparently other people do it too. Yeah. How, uh, how did you lose yourself? What did it look like? Just because I could imagine a guy's out there, and he's just he's on this path. He's he's reading the books, and he's doing this, and scheduling an extra treat. He doesn't he doesn't see that he's lost it. So, give us a, a practical. Uh, you know, what did it look like for you to lose yourself at one of those uh, one of those places? You know, a lot of it would be my <laughs> my self-righteous judgmental mindset inside of me it's like i'd look at you know people around me or god forbid i go visit my family and it's like look at these uninvolved people the way they live and you know they're eating this crap food and they're so unconscious and they're so caught up in the material world and and after i don't know 10 years of doing that i'm like holy shit i um I'm a judgmental bastard and mm. I, I really pretend like I'm not because the self-righteousness blinds me to my judgment. The self-righteousness that says, I've got it figured out. I'm living the right way. They're not. Mm-hmm. And then having this condescending attitude, looking down on people, I'm like, holy crap. That like I think I'm this spiritual guy, but that's like the most unspiritual thing I can do. Mm-hmm. So I, I do believe the path that people take will become the path they lose themselves on unless they uh, bring you know new levels of self-awareness to wherever they're at. And I think one of the challenges about uh, a lot of us losing ourselves on this spiritual path is we begin to lose ourselves and we one, we don't see it. And two, we think we're finding ourselves more mm-hmm. while we're also losing ourselves. And, and that's not like we're probably simultaneously getting benefit from whatever the hell our spiritual practice is. Right. But we're, what's the shadow side? How are we losing ourselves while thinking we're finding ourselves exclusively? And that can make it much easier to lose ourselves. That's why it took me you know, 10 years to even remotely be able to consider like, wow, is it? Am I losing myself a little bit here? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's an interesting sleight of hand. But. Like one day, like there's no bell that goes off that like ding, 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 like, hey, JP and Trip, you're losing yourself. It's like, no, the, it's just a very subtle sleight of hand. It's so hard to recognize. 
And uh, it, it is very humbling to uh, see it, you know, yeah. once we're able to recognize it. And I think that's why you, uh, some people uh, need to get offended. It's like, yeah, I'm going to get offended because that's very true for me. And I'm not really, I'm not ready to look at uh, uh, how that's true for me. And I'm not really ready to own it. So instead I'll get offended so I can deflect outward and be angry at you instead of like being humbled about me. I want to, I want to dive into that because there is this rash of, uh, as if being offended was somehow a real crime. (laughs) There are people that are just like, that offended me. And it's like, oh my gosh, we'll call the authorities. You know, there's this, like, there's something about like, we don't go, we don't get curious about that. We don't push that. And what you're saying is some of us need to get offended because it's going to help us see where we got our head up our ass. Jesus Christ. Yes. I think it's therapeutic to get offended. I like, we all feel insecure about stuff. Welcome to the human condition. And when we bump up uh, into one of our insecurities, being offended is a natural reaction. Now, it can be a call to look deeper inward if we feel offended and then we're like, okay, let me own this. Like, what's this say about me? Right. Or we can just completely deflect about ourselves, play the role of the victim and say, how dare you have a different opinion than me? How dare you see this thing in a way that's different than how I see this thing? I'm a victim. You owe me an apology. It's just like, wow. Yeah. What, what a... Ugh. And there, you you mentioned like there's a rash of it. I 100% agree. We live in a culture of connoisseurs of outrage. People love to get offended. And I think when people get offended, they are giving their power away. They really are. And then they- I think they're giving their power away, but then then they're also, this is the, the, the smallest form of feeling empowered from that place is to, is to rise up and say, you offended me and how dare you? Like it's- it, oh. Sure. It's this breadcrumb game instead of realizing, wait a second, that's not real power. Yeah. You know, our emotions are powerful freaking forces of nature. And I think to the degree that we're disconnected from our real core emotions is the degree that we need to feel something, even if it's like a junk food emotion. So when we get offended, there's like the, it's a very strong, passionate, angry energy that comes through us. And that feels powerful. It feels far more powerful than having zero source of passion in our life. So instead of actually becoming passionate about our fucking life purpose, we get passionate about other people being different than us. How dare you see this? So we get very passionate about being offended because we crave the energy of passion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think we live in a society where we helicopter parent ourselves. It's like when we're offended, instead of fucking owning it, we, 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 okay, we need to, you know, maybe threaten a lawsuit against uh, someone who uh, said something we didn't like. And, oh, you, you think my penis makes me a man. So how dare you? How dare you think I'm what the dictionary defines me to be? You have no right. And like, well, uh, maybe, <laughs> or maybe you just need to be angry because yeah. that's how you feel emotions. So I, it, I'm curious to talk about me for a second. Um, it's like right now, this is how hypocritical I am. Right now, I'm feeling offended by how many people <laughs> feel offended. I'm fucking angry about it. Trip, I need therapy. Jesus. I, I, I'll, just I, do, I'll, do my, I'll just be like, mmm. Yeah. Mm. Send the medication my way. Yeah, there you have go. You, I have see you. Been, you. Have you seen the video I did a few months ago called How to Get Offended? 
No, no, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, so it's a parody video that's educating people on how to get offended. Oh, cool. Um, so I'm I'm playing with this exact topic, revealing the deeper intricacies of why we get offended, and essentially looking the fire-breathing, angry, offended dragon right in the eyes, and basically saying, "I see you." Yeah. <laughs> Which I loved. I, I think it it needed to be done. Thus, I did it. And then I <laughs> just being immature. There's a video I put out recently on gun control. Uh, I'm curious. Did you by chance see that? No, I don't go. I, I, I value my life. You didn't watch it. You yeah. know I make videos. I'm offended <laughs> you don't watch everyone. So I, I really didn't video. want you to ask whether I saw. I, I saw the gluten one. I've seen the bolder one. I've seen, I've seen a few. I haven't seen these two, though. Yeah, no, I'm just playing with you. That's I'm offended cool. that you don't think I'm a good host. I'm just. Yeah. Fucking, wow. Um, wow. So I put out a video on gun and of course a lot of people have dogmatic emotionally charged opinions about guns it's like their their version of religion they're so self-identified with it which is cool but nonetheless i put a, a video on it calling out some of the dogma and things like that and obviously i knew shit would hit the fan with a lot of people a lot of sure. people would be offended yeah second amendment right how dare you how dare i it's like i'm exercising my first amendment right so uh, in the at the very end of the video, I you know I'm looking the looking right at the camera. I said if if you've been offended by this video, please click on the link below to watch my video called "How to Get Offended," so that you can get more offended. <laughs> so I, I like how I can actually use that "How to Get Offended" video as a like a little pawn yeah. in the chess game of not trying to avoid people getting offended not trying to be intimidating intimidated by them yeah. and like letting them know, like it's okay. You're offended. And like, I'm not, I don't want to hurt you, but I do want you to look deeper into why you're offended. Otherwise I think the offensive outrage will always be a path of losing yourself when it can actually be a rich path of self-discovery in my opinion. Well, I, I, the thing I keep coming back to as you're talking is, is if I don't really have something in my life that is meaningful and purposeful, then I'm going to seek these small little battles. I'm going to, I'm going to attach my self-worth to these things like gun control or whether you're male or female or whatever. And I'm going to use those as battlegrounds to, to stake my claim and say, hey, I matter and what I think matters. And we kind of lose the perspective of what's most important and we allow ourselves to get tripped up there and, and get into these pissing matches. Um, and I, I just I think it's so powerful to recognize, hey, that's not the big deal here. We're bigger than that. And if we're getting offended by this stuff, we need to take an exam. We need to look at it and say, what is this really about? Because it's not about, you know, topic X. It's, I, I've attached my self-worth and my identity to this thing. And, and I've forgotten just how big I am. I'm bigger than those things. A hundred percent. I think the, the worst crime against ourselves is when we think we're something that we're not. You mentioned self-identify. And, you know, we're so self-identified with our beliefs uh, amongst other things, when you know when we're shown like, hey, you're not that. You are bigger than that belief. You are bigger than that thing. Then, you know, it can either be liberating or we can react as though our life is in danger. Because if we think we're the thing that we're told we're not, then it's like, okay, now I have to fight for my life. Yeah. And then, then we get a sense of purpose. Like, yeah, my purpose here is to save my life. It's saving who I'm not. That is also who I think I am. Mm -hmm. 
and and you know the idea of uh, scouring the internet, scouring anything to find something to get offended about, gives us something to crusade against, which is uh, a this sense is where I get to matter as well. Yeah, this it, is where yeah, I get, to, you matter. get to matter. It's your purpose again. It might be junk food purpose, but having a, a, a junk food purpose, it feels better than being completely purposeless. Now, you know, just a call to humanity, I don't think any of us are purposeless. I think we all have a very important purpose, yet life feels pretty empty when we're not connected with what our purpose is. Right. So then we'll go find that thing that we think is important, attach ourselves to it, and forget that we're bigger than that. Yeah, it's, man, and I think we're all guilty of doing that. I don't think uh, you know, my intention isn't to criticize people that do that because like I do that. I, I have compassion right. when we do that as part of the human condition. But it's great to recognize that. It's great to have people around you that recognize like, oh, look, this is the thing you're getting triggered about. Like, oh, you're doing that thing. This is what we all do. And, and we, can we laugh at this? Um, sure. I, there was a, there was a point in my career as a coach where I started to really take myself so seriously. I was, you know, people that were contacting me and giving me feedback about stuff. And I just was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm taking this too seriously. People, are, I'm getting worried about offending people. I created this video as if my computer had been hacked, like the camera on my computer had been hacked and was video, uh, you know, taking video, recording video of me coaching clients. And then it revealed that I was, while coaching clients, I'm drinking Jack Daniels, I'm watching <laughs> porn, I'm... And I'm advising my clients like Brett Favre and, and uh, uh, what was the guy, Anthony Weiner. I'm like, yeah, you need to send dick pics. Like, this is what goes on. I'm, I'm advising Dick Cheney and yeah, all these, like, these are my clients. And I'm the one that's doing this, all this terrible, ad, ad, you know, advice. And, and it just was, I remember being so nervous about letting it go and putting it out there. Yeah. But it was my way of saying, back off. We've got to laugh about this shit. We cannot take this shit yeah. too seriously. And I needed that. And since then, I remember there was one guy that said he was... Uh, he was on the fence about working with me. He was getting ready to send this check in. And then he, he went online to look for like some kind of reviews on me. And he found that video and he watched it. And he's like, I knew, that's when I knew you were my guy. And I was like, that's what <laughs> I want, right? Like, if you don't get the joke, we're not, this isn't going to work. So, 100%. And like, you're, it's very authentic to you uh, to be a jokester. And I know you are more than a jokester. But the, in my opinion, the, the people who are truly the right clients for you to work with are, are the ones that will appreciate that joke because, you know, they're, they're a good fit for you. The ones that wouldn't appreciate that joke are probably a better candidate to work for another, work with another coach. Sure. And uh, to me, it was very similar when I released my first ultra spiritual videos. Uh, one, I thought they'd be bad for business because I, I, I think I'm supposed to be who I think I'm supposed to be right. rather than who I actually am, which is you know, a serious guy, you know, a coach working with people emotionally, you know, kind of a spiritual teacher sort of thing too. And, and then when I released my first comedy video, my, my schedule got flooded. Right. And I think the same phenomenon where now people who were truly a perfect fit as a client who also uh, like to not take their life entirely seriously, who also like to laugh at themselves, now they could find me. Mm -hmm. So like the perfect clients could find me. There were a lot of them. And it pushes away the people that aren't a fit, which, you know, makes yeah. your life easier. Um, and the thing I'm getting is just like how it, it takes guts. It takes fortitude to really be p willing to polarize in this, in this scenario. But I, for me, it yeah. just find it a much better path than 
stepping and walking on eggshells out in the world. Like, oh, I hope I can't do anything to offend anybody. Whereas I'm actually going to be more effective, more uh, valuable to others if I walk my path and I'm willing to to break a few eggs along the way. Not not to be aggressive or try to hurt people, but just not not tiptoe around those people that are seeking injustice, that are seeking a reason to be offended. Man, I, I 100% agree with you. And it, it, it was a journey for me to even halfway embody the beautiful posture that you just described, the posture of I'm going to be me and I'm not going to apologize for it. Uh, and, you know, walking on eggshells, people pleasing, to me, those are postures of apologizing for who we are. When, when we hide elements of who we are, when we hide our perspectives, that's essentially us apologizing like, yep, uh, this part of me isn't good enough. So I apologize world that this part of me is alive. Let me try to hide it. But yeah, when we, uh, just walk it's like, yeah, if there's eggshells that break, then so be it. I'm going to be me. And, and, and I think you had a beautiful checks and balance uh, statement a second ago, which is be being intentional. You know you're not out to hurt people. Some people are, and some people could justify the idea of like, oh yeah, I'm just being me, when they're actually intentionally trying to hurt people to get a power trip, or intentionally trying to offend people rather than just unapologetically representing their truth. So I like that checks and balance system because someone who's out to hurt other people could easily say these same words. Like, yeah, I'm just unapologetically being myself. It's like, well, maybe, maybe you're also uh, acting out the role of the punisher. Yeah, that's powerful. Uh, I'm so glad we got into this part of it because it's one of the things that I've admired about you. It's one thing to be funny. It's one thing for you to know this stuff, but it's another thing to walk this. And that's, that's what I find that most of us just want is that to give ourselves permission to just walk our own path, whatever that might be, not be a rebel, just to, just to piss on other people and what they're doing because we're tired yeah. of how that, that feels, but to just really have the guts to walk our own path. And that's what I see you doing. And I, I love that it's so entertaining too. So I appreciate you doing that work. Oh man. Well, thank you for that trip. And I dare say you and I were cut from a lot of the same uh, human material. I think there's a lot of commonalities and uh, what we do, how we do it, and how we see life. Right on. All right. Uh, this is J.P. Sears. He's got his new book, How to Be Ultra Spiritual, 12 and a Half Steps to Spiritual Superiority. It's available everywhere. And go to, awa- uh, what is it? Yeah. Awakenwithjp.com yeah. uh, to learn more about him. Uh, thanks so much, man. I've really enjoyed connecting with you today. You, yeah, absolutely, brother. I'm a little offended that you didn't have my website 100% memorized. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, brother, it's been an amazing uh, discussion with you. Thank you for being you and inviting me along for the ride. If these interviews are helping you, then please visit The New Man on iTunes and leave us a positive review so others can discover the show more easily. Thanks for listening.